0: Hills presents in television, intelligent television by Mattel, more sophisticated than any video game that has come before, providing hours of entertainment for the entire family. In television with one of the clearest game displays available today. Find this system plus a complete line of sports and video game cassettes at Hills where our game is low prices every day. Hello and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 125. Thanks for listening. And of course, this month we're taking a break from Atari games. It's Intellivision Month here at the podcast. We're rumbling along with a dandy, dandy game this week. It's Father's Day, everybody, by the way. Happy Father's Day to all you dads uh, and to all you children of dads, well, you have a lot to explain. So before we get into this week's game, let's do the news, which we don't have a whole lot of. Basically all we got is a Mad Mike Hughes update. Let's do that. On June 8, Mike posted a teaser trailer for the upcoming feature documentary. The film is called Rocket Man. The California man is getting ready to launch himself into the air in a homemade rocket to prove that the earth is flat. What do I do if shit goes south? Did you leave a letter or something? What do you want me to do? My team and myself is going to accomplish the greatest thing in the history of mankind. So we're seeing lots of inspirational scenes of rockets and this dude inside in the rocket. I model. I'm not going to take anyone else's word for it. I'm going to build my own rocket right here, and I'm going to see with my own eyes what shape this world we live on. Why should the general public trust you? If they can't trust NASA or the government. NASA receives over $50 million a day. Now who's going to turn that water faucet off? A lot of people have got the idea that he's just some kind of a nut. He might just be crazy. This is what's wrong with the world today. No one knows what's real. Belief dictates behavior, right? People may be walking around in a false reality. Yes, yes, I think they might be. So in the stirring images... That wasn't the whole trailer. There's more to it. You actually see Mike in the rocket. I think I've been describing it, uh, perhaps, a bit facetiously, as strapping him to the rocket. Uh, Then It's more like they're strapping him in the rocket. Uh, Scenes of welding various metal parts together. A diagram of what the Earth really looks like, which is basically the globe as we know it's squashed squashed flat, with, for some reason, icicles hanging off of it. So that, apparently, is what we're going to see when he does finally get up in the air to... uh, to make his case. And to help him do that is one thing he posted in his June 9th Facebook post. The fixture that the rocket was launched from is for sale. $300 plus whatever the shipping cost would be. And it's basically just a big blue frame that you could probably build uh, if you have any welding skills at all. And some scrap metal. Another post saying the movie trailer's out. Uh, It's all very exciting. I wonder what this movie's going to cost. I really don't think this is a feature film like in theaters so I wonder how you're going to be able to get it I assume there will be some sort of download option Hm. we'll have to see I doubt that I will buy it maybe if it's really cheap I may consider it if any of you does pony up whatever the fee is to download it, which is how I'm assuming we're going to get it let me know, don't spoil the ending for me, alright, what else is new guys I don't really have any other news, I just have a a confession to what I'm about to do which is blatantly steal an idea from another podcaster um, I listen to a podcast called the Aug Blog Podcast, which is a spin-off of the Aug Blog newsletter put out by Nat Gertler. Aug is a uh, frequent expression of frustration in the Peanuts comic strip. Nat is a well-known Peanuts historian, also a writer and publisher in his own right, of many things, including uh, things in the Peanuts universe. Uh, an avid fan, I've interviewed him on my other podcast, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown. And he recently, on one of his podcasts, threw out an idea. And I think it's a good one. So, like I said, I'm blatantly stealing it. Here's how it works. I want to swap podcast time with somebody out there who's listening to this show or somebody you know who has a podcast who might be up for this. Meaning, if it's a show that doesn't really have anything to do with video games, I will come on and talk about whatever you talk about on your podcast. And in exchange, you'll come on this podcast and talk about video games. Well, obviously, specifically Atari games and stories and that kind of thing. So what kind of podcast am I looking for? Well, I do know about some other things. I know about writing. Uh, I know about Peanuts, you know, Charlie Brown, Snoopy, all that. I have pretty good familiarity with 70s and 80s sitcoms and TV shows. I was a Magnum P.I. guy, Simon and Simon, Remington Steele, MacGyver, a big MacGyver fan, W.K.R.P. in Cincinnati, The Muppets in all its forms. Love to talk about The Muppets. A little bit later in TV, I'm a big Arrested Development fan. I'm a, uh, Since the age of like 12, I'm a Doctor Who fan. I've mentioned Doctor Who a lot on this podcast. I would love to go on a Doctor Who podcast and talk about that. The X-Files, you know, non-TV things too. I do some writing. I'm interested in playwriting, book writing, all kinds of writing. I'd be happy to come talk about that. I'm a dad. I'm in my 40s. There's lots of fodder there for podcasts. And then in the pop culture stuff again, X- uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, all of that. Uh, There's lots of things it could be. Uh, Just something not related to Atari games, or really, I'm thinking video games in general. Uh, I'll come on your show, talk about that. You come on my show, talk about old Atari games and stories that can be spun out of those old Atari games. Alright, if any of you thinks you might be interested in that or know somebody who is, let me know. uh, At ataribytes2016 at gmail.com Okay, well that's it for the news portion of the show, I guess. Let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is... Here's an easy question for you. Which of these games is the closest thing to the real thing? A, in television Major League Baseball. B, Atari Baseball. Here they are again, close up. A, in television. B, Atari. If you thought A, in television, you're absolutely correct. You see, I told you this question was easy. Major League Baseball, from Mattel. 1979, or possibly 1980. I've seen both dates. I didn't have a whole lot of in television or in my case, Sears Telegames, games as a kid. But I did have this one, uh, and played the hell out of it. Why? Because it was one of the few that my dad, and this is my Father's Day episode, so I'm thinking of dad. This was one of the few that he actually would actively come and say, let's play that. And he would sit down and play it. Uh, when my brothers were around, uh, it was sort of a family thing. We all really liked this game. And for good reason. It's a good one. It's honestly way better than the baseball game I have played for Atari. No offense to Atari baseball. And here's how it's played, for those of you who don't know this. Of course, with the uh, Intellivision, we have the keypad, right? And I'm looking at the manual. It's explaining how to select the speed of the game. I don't think in all the, you know, going on 35 years or more that I've had this game... I don't think I ever have set the speed, but apparently you can you put the the cartridge in the thing you turn on the uh turn it on you see the uh main title screen baseball that's the thing with the Sears telegames the the game is called super video arcade baseball the label on the cartridge though is major league baseball, which I think is the original title that it was released under if I'm not mistaken so. To select the speed for Super Video Arcade Baseball, put the cartridge in. You hit number one on the keypad for medium fast, two is medium, or parentheses, college, close parentheses, and three is slowest, spring training. We're helpfully told that a faster game speed means that everything, wait for it, goes faster. Pitches come over at faster speeds, runners move faster on the bases, etc. At professional baseball speed, all reactions will have to be very fast, exclamation point. Until you get familiar with the game, you'll probably want to begin at one of the slower speeds. I don't know what the default setting is, I guess. I've probably been playing at slow speed, like, forever. But that's okay. It's still fun. The overlay for the game is just a miniature baseball field. Each key on the keypad corresponds to a different player. You've got the, uh, the various outfielders, the shortstop, bases 1, 2, and 3, the pitcher, and the catcher, if you're the fielder, and then, of course, you're in charge of the batter if you're at bat. So you slide in the overlay... You do that. The buttons on the side are how you bat. The lower right hand button on both sides is the bat button, or excuse me, the upper buttons on both sides are the bat button. The lower buttons on each side are the buttons you press to bunt or swing away. The direction dist uh, does three things use it to pitch, use it to move runners forward or back on the bases, and use it to move your fielders to send them after the ball. So you select the speed, unless you're willfully obtuse of that, if you're me. Using either handheld controller, the diamond will appear on TV screen, and the, play- on the TV screen and the players will take the field. The home team is blue, the visitors are red, and will always bat first. This tells you to flip a coin to determine who's be- who is the home team, or in my house, playing now, if you're playing with Henry, he's always going to be the home team. Facing the video console, the handheld controller on the right will be for the home team. The scoreboard on the screen automatically keeps track of strikes, balls, outs, Innings and runs. Errors are not recorded, but error can be made by both teams. See Error action. To help you identify them faster, men will change colors. Home team will take the field wearing medium blue. The home team man you select to control will turn black. The home team man, when he gets the ball, will turn light blue. And the home team lead runner will also turn light blue. There's a little diagram, although it's not colored, but can you see it in the back? Okay. Visitors will take the field wearing medium red. Visitor Visitor's man, you select to control, will turn black. Visitor's man, when he gets the ball, will turn dark red. Visitor's lead runner will also turn dark red. You'll hear simulated cheers when you make a hit, hit a grand slam home run, and they'll go wild. You'll hear the crack of the bat, hear the ump, call the out. You're out! That drove me crazy as a kid, because I could hear the sound of you know the noise and see on the screen that it said, You're out! But I was really worried that I was supposed to be able to hear actual words. You're out. And my family would be like, did you hear that? It said you're out. And I'd be like, well, I heard the noise, but I don't hear actual words. And I can never get a definitive answer whether that was okay or not. I'm still assuming that's okay. You're not hearing actual words, right? If you didn't say you're out on the screen, you wouldn't know that's what they were saying. Right? Right? That's what I thought. Um... <clears throat> Most professional baseball rules apply. Three strikes for an out, four balls for a walk, first two foul balls count as strikes. All hits in this game are grounders. A batter cannot fly out, not even on fouls. Home runs can be hit, and after you play this for a while, you realize that it's somewhat random. Uh, It's hard. You can't predict at all what hit is going to be a home run. Uh, Well, clearly, if you don't get it out of the infield, it's not going to be a home run. But if you hit a ball to the outfield somewhere it'll go, 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 you think it's kind of stopped, and then all of a sudden, nope, it kept going, and it's a home run. Home runs can be hit, I said that. Force outs, double and triple plays can all be made. When you're pitching, uh, you know, you're on defense, pitcher automatically has the ball at the start of each inning. After a foul ball, the ball will automatically return to the pitcher. Press the outer edge of the direction disc to pitch. Use the full circumference of the disc, hopefully they add 360 degrees, for example, press anywhere between a fast curve inside, left of disc, and a slow curve. You'll find your control is precise. Where the disc is pushed determines the kind of pitch. It also determines how a curve is thrown. You can throw fast and slow, inside and outside curves, fast balls and change-ups. And they have it diagrammed here, uh, where on the disc you have to push to hit each of those types of pitches. After a pitch, if no contact is made by the batter, batter, the catcher would have the ball. Turn the ball to the pitcher by pressing pitcher on the hand controller. With a man on base, keep him honest. Have your pitcher throw to a base. Push down on the fielder you want to receive the ball. First base, second base, etc. When a throw is made, baseman will automatically cover his base. Shortstop will not cover second base automatically. Note, pitcher's throw to second base is a lot quicker. Uh, It tells you how to do a pitch out play. Uh, You can do rundowns. You can intentionally walk a batter, put a man on first base and try to set up the double play. You can throw four curved balls wide on the plate. The pitcher cannot hit a batter with a wild pitch. No balls. No passed balls in this game. Fielders have to move to get the ball and throw to a base. No flyouts in this game as we said earlier. Foul balls cannot be caught in the air. Any player can go after a fair ball. The players can be moved into position to field the ball before it comes to a stop. Keep an eye on the direction of the ball when it leaves the bat. Press down on the fielder you want to go after the ball. When he gets the ball... Press the fielder you want to receive the ball. First base, second base, etc. If a ball goes right to a fielder without him having to move, he still must throw to a base to make the put-out. There are no flyouts. Start fielder moving when you see where the ball is headed. Press the direction disc to move a fielder forward uh, towards the ball. If you miss or the ball falls short, the ball will come to a clean stop, a dead stop. Fielder will have to go after the ball. Push the player position and direct him toward the dead ball with the direction disc. Tagouts you can do. Basemen don't stand on their bases. They move and throw to make plays. If any fielder throws from anywhere other than his normal position, he will automatically return to position after the throw. Any player can throw directly to any other player. To make the double play, know where the base runners are. Get a drop on the ball and know where you are going to throw it. Get the lead man out and you'll cut off a run. Get set for the shortstop to make the double play. Offense. Batter up. When a ball is returned to the pitcher, the batter automatically comes up to bat. All batters on the screen are right-handed. Boo! batters cannot step out of the batter's box. On both sides of the handheld controllers are two buttons. We talked about that earlier. Top one is to bat, bottom one is to bunt. When you think the ball is in a good position to hit it, swing the bat, or bunt. You get a strike if you swing at the ball over the plate too early, too late, or, not, or at too wild of a curve. Also, if you don't hit it, a called strike, try to place the ball. Hit to the right or left field. I'm not sure how you can do that. When you connect with a pitch or when you connect with a pitch, rather, affects where the ball goes. Fouls included. As they say, hit them where they ain't. I don't think anybody actually says that. When you hit the ball, start running. Press the direction dist at once to advance the batter to first base. Press and hold down the right side of the disc. To stop the base runner, take the finger take finger off the disc. If you overrun the base, stop him and press dist on the left side. Base runners will not go bad unless you do. It's a home run. Crowd roars. The words home run appear on the TV screen. Batter and any base runners automatically score to more crowd cheers. Grand slams, too. After four bad pitches, a batter can automatically take his base. You can lead off, you can steal bases, you can control batters by pressing the direction disc. Press the right side of the disc to advance the runner, press the left side to have the runner go back. To steal a base, press direction disc to lead off your runner. Watch for the pitch, press the disc and start running. If the defense is asleep or makes an error, don't be afraid to take the next base. If a battered ball hits a base runner, runner is not out. With runners on base, direction disc controls the lead runner. No double steals in this game. On a hit with a man on base, pressing the disc will advance the lead man, the man on base. Hitter will take first automatically. But remember, lead runner is the man you control. As in professional baseball, if the score is still tied after nine innings, we go into extra innings to a decision. Home team still bats last. But there's one difference. In this game, you can score on a third out so long as the runner crosses home plate before the throw. Stealing home after two outs is smart play. Go for it. The run will count if your runner beats the throw home. And then it has some uh, strategies for how to win. Basically, pick out the fielder nearest the ball, move him after the ball, get thro- the throw off fast. Remember, there are no fly outs. You must get to the ball and throw to the base every time. So don't screw around and waste time, basically. All right, and that is how you play... Major League Baseball, or a.k.a. Super Video Arcade Baseball. As I noted, baseball was released as Major League Baseball, and, according to Wikipedia anyway, released for Intellivision in 1980. The best-selling title in the console's history, with over a million copies sold. When first released, Mattel obtained a license from Major League Baseball, although the only trademarked item used was the MLB logo on the game's box art. No official team names or player names were used in the game. It was designed by David Rolfe. Sears sold the game without the MLB license for its private label Super Video Arcade. As I noted in one of the other Intellivision episodes, pretty much everything I got as a kid came from Sears, which is why we had the Sears telegames and their version of these games instead of Intellivision. So as I said, Sears sold the game without the MLB license for its private label Super Video Arcade, and Mattel's M Network produced an Atari 2600 port called Super Challenge Baseball. After Mattel Electronics ceased production of the Intellivision system and its assets were sold to INTV Corporation, Major League Baseball was re-released under the new name Big League Baseball. More recently, the game appears in the Intellivision Lives compilation game and on Microsoft's Game Room service simply as Baseball. Video Magazine, in its Arcade Alley column, praised Baseball for its inclusion of movable fielders and flashy base-running techniques like the Suicide Squeeze. Criticism was given to the somewhat simplistic pitching controls. I don't know if it was all that simplistic for the time, but they said all batted balls are grounders, which uh, oversimplified things, I guess. Overall, the game was described as blowing away all other contemporary baseball video games. The game was also covered in Video Magazine's 1982 Guide to Electronic Games, where reviewers noted that the game had lost none of its luster since its release. IntellivisionLives.com notes that an early TV and print ad showing a side-by-side comparison of baseball played on an Atari 2600 and on an Intellivision made the Atari version look laughable. The Intellivision was established as the serious sports game machine, and Major League Baseball went on to become the best-selling Intellivision cartridge. I looked at the uh, print ad that they were talking about, uh, and it features George Plimpton, who is also in the audio ad that you heard earlier. The caption on the ad is, Two pictures are worth a thousand words. Atari versus Intellivision? Nothing I could say, George is quoted as saying, would be more persuasive than what your own two eyes will tell you. So compare for yourself. Game for game, feature for feature, I think you'll find that television is clearly superior. And then we have George standing there with two TVs. One showing the Atari baseball game, and one showing the... Which is basically, in the Atari uh, baseball game they're showing, it's basically just like three players standing on a big green screen. And then the score and stuff. And then on the Intellivision one on the right, you see the whole baseball diamond, and a player at each position. So, yeah, clearly, they were proud of their baseball game, and for good reason. So, we know the game is flashy, to quote the one reviewer. We know that it, sorry, kicks Atari baseball's butt. But, do we know what the, the heart of Intellivision baseball is? Do we know what Intellivision baseball does to us? Yes, yes we do, because we, by which I mean me, am a writer. So after the break, put me in coach. I'm ready to play, even if those antisocial snobs in first class wouldn't play. Well, at least I picked all their pockets. Henry's version of the introduction, the witty little thing I usually say at the start of the field report. You got something better than that? Something about, uh, get your hot dogs, get your red hot hot dogs here. How about something like that? I don't know. Uh, should we just play the game? Yes. Alright. We've already been playing a little bit. We are at the, uh, top of the first inning. Henry's up to bat. Uh, here we go. Are you ready? Let's do this. Ooh, it's outside. Ball for Henry. Uh, oh, actually, they called it a strike. Must have hit the plate a little bit. When you look at the screen, Henry, what do you think? Henry doesn't know. Come on, first baseman. Oh, my first baseman was sleeping at the switch. You're out! Said so right there on the screen in the voice uh, synthesizing, which really didn't sound like a voice at all. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it sounded like. Oh, eerie representation. Am I going to get him out at first? Nope. What am I? Hey! Oh. No, you're not getting third. No way, you said you're not getting third, mister. Mm. Henry did not like that I was color. out, I was at the base. No, umpire you said you were out. don't dumbo. Take I'll, it up with the umpire. If this was you, I would smack the umpire's face. I think you're allowed to smack the umpire. i am field that you can to play, even on a, you know, 1980, right. 7980, uh, video game looks a lot like an actual baseball field. Uh, players move realistically vicious. Oh. home run, baby! Get your homer hanky out. A home run? Oh, man. The, I'm sorry, the umpire said it was a home run. Here you play an actual nine-inning game if you play the whole game. I like that too. Makes it more realistic. You got all the, the uh, players, all the uh, fielders. Oh man! You Really like this game. Huh? Right. I got one out. first baseman was asleep, didn't get the ball, so I'm about to almost make it to third. Oh. So close. Can I get third? No, you can't. There's your answer. Thank you, Henry. Mm -hmm. Alright, two outs, one more out, and then I think this field report will be over. No, it won't. I think it might. No. Really? We'll see. (laughs) Boom. Solid hit. Oh, like a Not yet. Oh, come on. We have a runoff going between first and second. You're not gonna give me. Yes! No! Safely on safe. Safely. Totally. I got my finger on through. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just my time. Boom. Oh. Get out. Get out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what do you think of this game, Henry? Now I'm gonna beat you now. Yes. Come on. You like a game where you can beat me, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Pitch. Yes, serve. That's how the game works. Guy. Come
1: on. Fortunately you can get used to the keypad
0: pretty quick and hit the, uh, I've been playing this for a while, and hit the fielder that you want without trying having to have it look so much. At least I can. Sense memory perhaps from being a kid. Got the guy at second, but Henry got in base just in time. You went all the way to kitty first. I'm going to beat you, and then it's over. Alright, on that note, back to you in the studio. I'll be out here getting beat. Strike one! So here's the thing about baseball. I really like this game. It has sentimental value, because my family liked to play it as a kid. I'm not a huge sports guy in general. I would much rather play a video baseball game than sit and watch an actual baseball game on TV. Uh, Going to the ballpark is fun. Just the the setting and and the fresh air and watching the people run around. That's all fun. But to sit and watch it, game on TV doesn't interest me. To play a game, a video game on TV of baseball does. I like this game a lot. It looks good. Uh, It does what's advertised on the box. I mean, you're still pushing buttons on a keypad, so how realistic can it be after a certain extent? But as realistic as it can be for the time, it was great, and I have no complaints about it whatsoever, which is what inspired this week's story. A poem, if you will. I've been very poetic lately. This one's called and I think the the uh tone of the poem might be familiar to you. It's called Take Me Out to Intellivision Baseball. Take me out to Intelli Ball Game Take Me Out with the crowd Buy me some pseudo three D graphics. I don't care if Atari comes back. Let me root, root, root for Intelli. If Atari wins, it's a shame. Ah uh, for it's one, two 16-bit processor to handle your data flow. All we need is a keypad with buttons to hit the home runs. There's no one like my Intelli. Atari won't make history. And it's root, root, root for Intelli. Here comes a keyboard component. Cause Atari knows that Intelli's the star at the old ball game. Play ball! And could I get one of those hot dogs too? And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Entomprotect.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Pinball Spring, and Take a Chance. You'll find show notes, episodes, social media links, all that good stuff at AtariBytes.libsen.com. You can email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And also check out the occasional stuff I post uh, at Instagram. As you know by now, you can find Atari Bytes on many, many podcatchers. But if there happens to be a podcatcher that you really like to use, uh, first of all, thanks for using a different one to listen to the show. Uh, Secondly, let me know the one that just doesn't happen to have it. And I will see if I can make that happen. But of course, wherever you choose to get your podcast, make sure to buy a ticket, as it were, and go to the concession stand that is iTunes or Apple Podcasts to hit a grand slam with the bases-loaded review of this podcast. In other words, go leave a review, because it helps the other players in line who want a, a hot dog and a beer and some peanuts to get all that stuff from this podcast. Otherwise, they'll be stuck hungry and not knowing where to get their hot dog metaphor podcast. Wow, I really lost control of that, didn't I? Anyway, after you leave that review... When you're out in, like, the real world, and the person next to you in the bleachers objects to you throwing peanut shells in his $8 beer, make sure to tell him to listen to the show before you dump that beer down his pants. You can also support the show financially, which I hope you'll consider doing, on our Patreon page. That'd be the Atari Bytes Patreon page, to be specific. Or by pitching up Atari Bytes merchandise at Zazzle.com. We have a store there. It's called capital A, capital B, underscore pod, underscore store. But I think, really, if you just type Atari Bytes, you'll find our stuff. Go play some old games t-shirts, mugs, all sorts of stuff. Do check that out. And while you're checking things out, check out my other show. It's called It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. Every month, we talk about really anything related to Charlie Brown, Snoopy, the comic strip, the books, the TV shows, the movies, the merchandise, the mind of Charles Schultz. We do it all over there. So if that interests you at all, go check out that show. Next time on Atari Bytes. We wrap up in television month with bowling. Everybody likes bowling, right? So do we. And so that's what we're doing next week. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.